but, but I love it here. It's so I think it's like a fairy town. Anyway, hi, <laughs> I'm Nikki. I'm Leo, and this is the Motorhome Murder Show. Let's go. drive for you oh my god it was very long but it was really nice uh, i love being here it's very green very calm and we're by the water I again always, yes i wanted to be by the ozark since you have been watching that show we've been talking about <laughs> property by the lake um but it's beautiful how about you yeah this is my first time in the ozarks i believe at least That's the so first cool. time that I know of. And yeah, it's good. Um, I really love how green it is. Mm-hmm. I like the rock formations. Oh my God, the, yeah, that's awesome. You, there's towns and there's people, but every, you feel like you're in the country. Even when you're in town, you feel like you're out of town. Yeah. Like It's really nice. Um, Eureka Springs is beautiful. People that don't know, it's an awesome little hill. Like it, Population 2,000 people. It's a hill-type village. It's Victorian. And... It's super diverse and inclusive and welcoming. Everybody um, says hi. Yeah. Very, very nice. And there's a lot of people here that come and relax because it kind of felt like at a relaxing time where you escape, you know. Which that's why we came in the first place is because kind of looking at places online of like lists that, you know, like the queer friendly or diverse small towns in America, like where are they? What are they? And we've been to, I mean, we've been to P-Town before. Mm-hmm. We stopped in Bisbee when we were in Arizona, which, which is my, one of my favorite places since that we have been. Yeah, definitely. It's like on the top and then here. And this is on the same list, you know, and it definitely has that same feel to an extent. I would say I enjoy Bisbee a little bit more. Me too. But I, to, I like it here. But yeah, I mean, this I, I do really like it here. Um, I don't know. There's just like a certain vibe that. I'm not sure how much of it is genuine, I guess. Right, know? that's the other thing. I think people are very respectful. and But in Bisbee, it's like real people. Everyone like, was super friendly. Yeah, like very like restaurant-friendly people. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain. Like, and, the people that are real, I don't know. <laughs> and I feel like here, it's maybe maybe more of a vacation spot. It could also be that. Because everything's vacation rentals, everything. It's more of like a summer vacation spot. It doesn't have like the same, like it's... Like, Bisbee is vacation spot and people come through, but I feel like it kind of had more of a local feel, but it also could have been just the time of year we were there. Yeah, exactly. It could have to be that. But, yeah, traveling up here was good. Um, We did have a fun start to our travel day when we were leaving Oklahoma. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Starting the RV up, Leo could smell, like, a weird, like, burning smell. always very paranoid, and I was like, Nikki, I think it smells like you're burning something. (laughs) And... We go outside and like you could smell it, but only a little bit. And then when I finally opened the hood to the RV, I noticed that. I mean, granted, I am not a mechanic and I have no idea what any parts under the hood are called. I I know how to check the oil. I know how to change the oil. That is it. No, like he told me that that time yeah, that day you told me how to measure the to, RV to check the oil. <laughs> yeah, to to learn how to check the oil. So I learned something. But. And that was the main reason I was opening the hood. It wasn't even to (laughs) figure out what the smell was. Um, But it's one of the points that we stopped a little bit longer, and it could have been the last stop or the time before. I think it's been a couple of times that we've traveled now with this going on, and we just now figured it out, which is terrifying. But the one of the... So the front of the motor engine something <laughs> under in the, <laughs> the front of betty, the front of betty. <laughs> when you open the hood there are two fans and only one oh, of them was, was moving yes and the other one was smoking so obviously <laughs> that was the culprit oh. um and i mean i saw it wasn't moving 
I saw where the smell, smoke possibly could have been coming from. So I turned the <laughs> engine off. And then I grabbed something to like figure out because I could see that something was like stuck behind the fan. Mm. So I was like, oh, let me let me fix this. We need to get moving. Um, so I grabbed something to like hit whatever it was back there. And some bees had started to build a hive yeah. behind the fan. So it stopped the fan from moving. And that's what <laughs> caused it all. But once I got all that, once I got that little hive moved, the fan started working again. So, I mean, knock on wood, we're fine. <laughs> also, we're not driving in super hot temperatures, so I don't think we'd overheat with just one of the yeah, fans going. That's the best thing about being here. It's like the weather's perfect. Yeah, now, it's not so. that hot. I mean, it can. It's really hot other places right now. I feel, yeah. or it's getting there. But it luckily, around here the with the water. Uh-huh. The, but it is very humid, so it does feel hotter sometimes when you're out, like, exercising. But the temperature really isn't as, as hot as it is other places right now. Um, luckily, driving, it wasn't, you know, like, 100 degrees. And <laughs> I didn't end up overheating or melting anything. But besides that, it was a smooth travel day. It was fine. We made yeah, it. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens day. this weekend. <laughs> As we uh, move on out of the Ozarks, which I'm actually, I I'm, go. <laughs> it's mixed feelings. Like, I really like it, but at the same time, like, I want to see more. So it's like, I want to hit the road, yeah. but I would like to, I definitely will come back. I will definitely check out Eureka Springs another time. Yeah. And I, we know that there's a lot of events, especially inclusive events in the yeah. fall and the summer. And... I mean, it's an inclusive city. So like, they don't even have a gay bar because every bar they say, just... like reading online, it's like, they say there's no specific one because all of them are. Like, it's just that yeah. kind of place, it and it's great. It gave me a little bit of Woodstock. I mentioned that one. Yeah. Walking. It has a little bit of, of the Woodstock, you know, people just chilling. I think that's, like, the older, diverse crowd, you know, like, that older yeah, hippie like, crowd. Yeah. They have that, it has that feeling. It has that look. Yeah, a lot of art. I love it. The train is beautiful. Oh, yeah, the old train in the yeah, valley there when you, yeah. It's amazing. So, yeah, it's kind of mixed feeling, but I'm excited. I'm excited. To, to get to see what hit what whether you found in in the, that could have happened here. You know, it's a, this is an or... interesting episode actually. So I'm throwing a couple curveballs at you, <laughs> and the first curveball that I'm throwing at you is that I'm not drinking a natural wine. <laughs> oh. I mean, so early on, and I'm already dropping the wine. Now I did say on the first one that you know it's when it's available that's yeah, what we'll exactly. be drinking and. It's not always available, so and we're gonna get creative. So <laughs> we're we're pivoting. We're in a we're in an area where I just couldn't find a bottle of a natural oh, wine that I wanted to get, or even that was really available. And I'd rather drink pickle juice, yes, than have a store button. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather drink pickle juice than have it. a bad wine, <laughs> um, and that's basically what I'm doing tonight. Um, I'm drinking the best made sour pickle beer. It's a pickle, it's like a dill pickle goza, or goza beer. Um, it's delicious. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I've been obsessed with it for months now, yeah. um, well, since I discovered it. Um, From Texas, right? Yeah, so it's brewed in Fort Worth, Texas at uh, by Martin House Brewing Company. And it's made, like, partnered with Best Made, the pickle brand. And it literally tastes like you dumped pickle juice in a soda stream and carbonated it. Ew. Like, it is... It's pickle juice. It's so good. Well, for those who love pickle juice, you should definitely try because it's not a lie. I don't like it, but I could see how you would like it. And I have tried... <laughs> since I knew, discovered the fact that, like, Texas loved pickle beers. Yes. They love pickles. Oklahoma, I saw, like, a few random pickle things, too. It's It's, like, a southern thing. And I'm here for it. Um, I love pickles. I always have. My sister and I used to fight over who like got to drink the pickle juice growing up. <laughs> so like, I've always loved pickles. My mom loves pickles. It's just, we love pickles. So I did not know it existed until we were in Texas. And I drank, I got the spicy version first. Oh yeah, that's It's right. amazing. It's probably the number one followed by the sour pickle beer that I'm drinking tonight. So and then I've tried a few other brands. Not the same. It's just like when you have your favorite pickle, pickle brand yeah. and you try the other ones, and especially if you accidentally like 
try a bread and butter pickle when you're mm. expecting a dill pickle? <laughs> no. Ooh. And that's what some of these dill pickle beers are. They are not dill pickle. This one is dill pickle. This but those other ones dill are dill. not. Like they they're salt like they're a salty brine or I don't know. I they're not the same. I this can't. one's the tart. This one tastes just like classic dill pickle juice. <laughs> or best made pickle juice probably. <laughs> the design of the can is beautiful too, so it's like it looks like pickles. Yeah, like it looks like pickles. Bob's Burger pickles. That's awesome. It's really cool. It is what I see on the can. If you can get a, your hands on one of those, definitely. Yeah, if you can find it. them, try them, especially if you're a fan of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> like I am. Um, Leo's not a fan, um, and so he's just going to be partaking in some Delta 8 tonight. I know. Some, <laughs> some relaxing. Something relaxing that we got in Marfa. Marfa, Texas, right? Yeah, these ones we got in Marfa. Yeah. That was a while ago. I know. They've lasted like a long time. I know. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's like, I'm just chilling, excited to, to hear what you are going to tell me about the town and the things that happen here. Yeah. So, well, I mean, so about about Eureka Springs, uh, it's in the southern Ozarks. I, I don't know exactly where the Ozarks begin and where they end or anything. It sounded like a, like a book, you know, like... You know, I just don't know where where it is. Uh, it's the Ozarks, though. I know we are in the Ozarks. I mean, uh, the moment that I, I went to the lake and got, I was like, this is... <laughs> this like, is Ozarks. This is it. Like, I get it. <laughs> it's, it's so chill. Okay, it? yeah. Um, so we're in the southern Ozarks in Carroll County, Arkansas. So in northwest Arkansas, next to the Missouri border. Also, cool, yeah. yeah, it's just like right there. So the Ozarks go all the way up through Missouri. We're down in Arkansas, right next to the border. Because Eureka Springs is only eight miles away from the Missouri border. So it's right there next to the northern border. Um, northern border of the state, not northern border <laughs> of the country. <laughs> just to clarify, I do know my geography a little bit. Mm. Just, a, just a little bit. <laughs> I think the power, <laughs> the power system <laughs> led you down. <laughs> nah, probably. Fair enough. <laughs> um, population is uh, 2,205. What? So quite small. and it, But it's been slowly growing. It's grown over 6% since 2010. So that's even up from what it was before. <laughs> wow. The racial breakdown is white. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know. We saw <laughs> Uh, it's it's very white around here. It's ninety point zero one percent white. It is four point sixty two percent American Indian, two point eighty one percent Asian, one point eighty one percent identify as two or more races, point fifty five percent. So just over half a percent is black, wow. and point two percent identify as another race. Um, zero identify as Pacific Islander or Hawaiian. And what's crazy is when you're looking at a population breakdown of like these numbers, when they're, when, I mean, we're at just over 2,000 people. So when you're looking at half a percent or less than a quarter of the percent, you're literally looking at like groups of like, there are 11, <laughs> there are four that identify as that. You know, it's, it's wow. crazy. So there are 11 people that identify as this. There are four people... I mean, it's a TV show town. Yeah. Like, perfect for a CW TV show. Like, the next Gilmore Girls is yeah. going to be in the Ozarks. Yeah, you imagine? I mean, I saw one of the pizza. The pizza place is beautiful. I'll do a TV show right there. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. And it's, like, glimpsy. It's, like, fairy glimpsy. <laughs> I love it. I see it. Uh, so, that's crazy. And then there's the average household is 2.6 people. So, not, not three people. 2.6 <laughs> is the average. And the median age is 56. So we're looking at older people. Oh, my God. They're like at the peak. It's the best of when you're 50. That's the, that, that's the middle. That's like the median age. The average age is 56. So that means most people are older than that because there are some kids in here, too. And we're just going to come in here and just it's going to be fabulous. Yeah. Why not? But so, yeah, I see it as more of like a artistic retirement community is kind yeah, of what I said tell, yeah. in my notes is like the it's a family friendly but because of like the streets are so steep and stuff you would carrying steep, kids yeah. pushing a stroller around like you can't do that the park is has the park yeah. has stairs the park, like, parking <laughs> seems very difficult parking is like on a hill 
it would just be a challenge with children, I think, unless you live like out of out of I mean, out of the old district, I guess, where you're right. like maybe have some land and stuff. But like if you're planning on being downtown with the kids, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. So there's slightly higher violent cl- crime and double like over double the national average when it comes to property crime. So oh. on a scale of like one to one hundred nationally, we're at like a thirty five uh-huh. is the average. It's a 75 here, so property crime is pretty extreme, but, like, those violent crimes, not a lot of murder, fortunately, (laughs) Um, but those other major violent crimes, there's, um, it's slightly higher than the national average. I think the national average is, like, a 26, and it's, like, a 28 here, so very close, but worth noting that it is a little bit higher. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like... I was reading about it and, like, kind of, like, what it's like to live in Eureka Springs specifically, not necessarily just the area, but in the city, and people have some stuff to say about it, man. (laughs) If you... So, a lot of people are saying that, like, many of the small resort communities or just, like, the smaller fun communities, a lot of what's happening right now is, like, the short-term rentals. So, they're having a big problem of outside investors coming in and buying property that doesn't seem expensive to them but it is to the locals Mm. and they're buying it up fixing it up and then renting it out as airbnb instead of somebody living in it so properties are going up it's raising the expense on locals so people are trying to live in this community and be a part of it and work and live and they're being priced out by the rentals so that's a problem and then um as we said like parking can be a big problem Mm -hmm. I could tell driving through that it's an issue. It wasn't now because we went during the week. It's not quite peak season. So there's a lot of reasons that it wasn't crazy busy for us. But just like all the signs that you see and the streets are so narrow that you can tell that there's no parking (laughs) (laughs) Um, for the locals, for the tourists. There's just no parking. Like there's very few just because it's I mean, it's in a canyon. So there's. This, both sides go up like where do you park <laughs> like there's like <laughs> one main so road here like it's so like a windy yeah windy it's so windy here and and a 55 for me is a very fast yeah on the so back road like so we're out of town of course that's where we we always stay out of town and like for us to get into town a few miles the speed limit is 55 on these roads but they're super windy so it's like <laughs> speed limit 55 and then all of a sudden there's like the arrows saying like oh there's a curve here and then also and you like think oh it's i'm supposed to be going fast it's not that sharp of a curve but it's a really sharp curve and then up and down down, winding it i mean it i can see where there could be a lot of accidents yeah but it's a pretty drive during the day at night i'd be a little i would definitely be going slow at night yeah i know at night you have to be um and then like also with living here i read like a thread somebody uh, somebody was talking about how it's a beautiful historic city and that makes you want to live in it and be a part of it. But with that comes a lot of responsibility that I don't really think of. Mm. And that happens in all like the historic neighborhoods in the country. Some have more rules than others because the city, like the houses are very colorful Victorian houses. They, the historical society basically wants all the houses to stay the color that it is. So if you buy a house, you have no say about like changes mm. to that house. That's it has annoying. to be repainted every few years, a specific color. You can't add on. You can't really do any changes to your property because they want to keep it looking like this quaint Victorian village for all the tourists. So no Trixie Motel here. <laughs> yeah, no Trixie Motel. She would be getting way too many fines. Yeah. Um. All right. So moving on to like the good stuff. You the know, the good stuff that we're here for. The good stuff. For. The reason that you're all here. So as I said, like, there's not a lot of murder here. Which is a good thing mm-hmm. for most people. <laughs> and for us, that's a very good thing. Um, just not when I'm trying to tell stories about murder. <laughs> so the second curveball I'm kind of throwing out is I did find a murder. <laughs> it's just that there's not a lot of information because it only ha- they haven't gone to court yet. Oh, so that's scary. it happened a few years ago, but because of COVID, they, they're try- they're like, the um, sentencing's got pushed. So... 
I haven't been able to find. And that means, you know, we haven't gotten the full story. Right, exactly. So we have what they're like, why these people have been arrested, but we don't have anything else. So I will throw that, but there's not a lot of information. Maybe we can find out at some point. So eventually, yeah, I would love to. But so to start, Eureka Springs is home, it turns out, to the what they say is the most haunted hotel in america what so i'm gonna give a little backstory or kind of the information about like the most haunted hotel in america is it the hotel that we saw the no oh, that, um not the one downtown this is out of town a little ways oh, this is on some okay. land but it's like above eureka springs up on a hill oh. and it yeah just has a huge a very colorful history so i'm just going to do a little bit about that that. and then talk about this murder that i don't have (laughs) yeah um and then talk about the murder that i don't have a lot of information on so two stories in one love yeah so hopefully you don't mind a little uh fun paranormal story too (laughs) what um the what what's been said to be the most haunted hotel in america is the crescent hotel in eureka springs so all the information about the Crescent Hotel I got from legendsofamerica.com and my good old friend wikipedia.org. <laughs> Love Wikipedia. <laughs> so they helped me out quite a bit. And as I was reading about this, I was like, I have 100% heard about this hotel before. God. And I was right. But I had, and I remembered where I had heard it, so I actually had to go double check to see. Um, so... And that's why we drink. Uh, Fun podcast. M covered this on episode 40. So they have been around for quite a while, their podcast. And this was on episode 40. M covered the story. And they did an incredible job. So they did a lot more information than I am. I'm just doing a brief overview. If you want like the deeper story, go listen to episode 40 of them. Because M did a great job. I'm just doing a little intro. If you want to hear more, go for it. So originally, the reason that people came to this area or settled here was because legend has it or had it that the springs had healing powers, which you can see when you're in town. There's the signs that, you know, like the the original spring of Eureka Springs is right there. And then there's all these little springs around town as you're walking. That's like this is named after so and so and this is named this. So. All these springs, and there's like 70 springs in this area, not just in your springs, but like in the area, there's like 70 springs of these naturally, natural springs. So they originally were said to have healing powers. The Native Americans believed that they had powers, and that's why they like had kind of had their camps in these areas or had like rituals in the area. And that's why like when white people started coming over that's why they settled here was the springs and you know white people were always on the search for the like fountain of youth and healing waters so you know that's why they came around they were looking for that fountain of youth they thought natural water fountain of youth not the case but in 1886 uh the crescent hotel was built as a super luxury high-end resort for like the rich like anybody who's anybody the rich of the rich that the resort was built for them. Seventy rooms, ballrooms, pianos. It has twenty-five acres of natural, like of like landscaped gardens and hikes. It's gorgeous, huge, and one of the natural springs. Like it has pools, so like the pools, the bathhouse is like, I think, fed by the like some natural springs. So you know you're supposed to go there and stay young forever, <laughs> if you're rich. But Shortly after they opened, you know, scientists had been testing these waters and they were finding out that there was no truth behind these being magical waters. No healing waters to be found. So travel stopped to the area because nobody was going to travel all the way here if there's no healing powers. Like, if there's no magical waters, why why is anyone coming? So they they stopped. So the hotel had to close because they weren't staying busy and so they reopened shortly after as the crescent college and conservatory for young women in 1908 imagine so it was built in 1886 and 20 years later it closes and then two years after that it opens as a college for young women and this was like 
debutante college. Like this was where you were taught how to be a lady, basically, in a luxury hotel. Like, That's... what better? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That is like my high. That is like my high school college experience. That's what I want. Like, <laughs> send me to the luxury resorts. Like, oh please, please do. And then it op- it So it was still as a, as it was a school. They were still opening as a resort in the summer once they reopened. Uh-huh. So they were open as a school for nine months, and then for three months they were open as a resort. So in those peak oh. summertime, during that summer break, they were renting out as a hotel still. And then once the slower season came, it was like back to being a school. So that means like they really couldn't have transitioned it that much from being a resort to being a school. Like right. they were still it's running as both. Chilling, so those girls yeah. were like chilling. in the place. Like, <laughs> but it was a school for like the rich girls. It was right, so. it was like one of the most sought after boarding schools for young women in the world. The density of whiteness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back. <laughs> Ooh, <geez>. uh, <laughs> and then in. In 1924, it closed as, from being that school, and then they reopened in 1930 as a junior college. Mm-hmm. So again, school, um, school but that only lasted four years. So they, <laughs> they like, were really trying to make school cool. They really tried to like get people <laughs> to go to this place. Yeah, and then as, so as it was being operated as a junior college, it was still being operated as a summer resort. So they did the same thing. So then it so it closed in 1934 and then in 1937 is when Norman G Baker comes into the picture. Now this dude, this is when this property gets like a dark past. Oh. This dude is a con artist millionaire. <laughs> doesn't remind me of anyone else in this world. Um who he set up a radio like a radio broadcasting company in rural Iowa. Basically because he knew that he could manipulate rural people into believing anything he wanted. So he set up a radio broadcasting company where he claimed to be a doctor and was like broadcasting all the... He was like... OG content creator, basically. um, He was... Well, he was like starting fights with doctors because he was claiming that he had a cure for cancer and doctors didn't know anything. So he was claiming to be a medical expert and he had the cure for cancer and he was selling treatments and selling things over the radio to his listeners. Uh-huh. And that's how he became super rich. He was selling people that he was he was literally controlling the information they were getting and then selling them material like things through the mail, oh, making money off of them because he was just manipulating them. <laughs> and then finally, Iowa was like, yo, you you can't do this. You're not a doctor. So what he do oh he just took all of his patients and everything and moved to arkansas oh. so he bought the crescent hotel no. and brought his patients oh. and started a cancer treatment facility no. in this luxurious building in arkansas yeah <laughs> so that's how bored that's just how crazy he was oh my lord so he moved everything down and he he was crazy so he he bought this beautiful place he made and like he was still advertising that he had a cure for cancer and with this beautiful building with people thinking there's a cure for cancer and these healing waters rumored still being around or whatever right. he like would get people like these rich people would be touring the facilities cuz they're trying to get tr- cancer treatment for their loved one right and like they're touring these grounds thinking it's this amazing treatment facility but in reality once they were checked in he would basically just like make this patient write letters to their family like write a bunch in advance and sign them saying like how well their treatments had been going and all of these things and then he would start like lobotomies and drilling holes in their heads and like just doing crazy things to these people these crazy human experiments on these people in the basement of this hotel and like leaving them just torturing them leaving them there with holes in their heads and everything to basically just die in these basement um and then sending these letters that he had them write just sending them out every couple of weeks so their family thought they were still alive when they were already long gone and then he would be he would like call the family after a while and be like oh you know something suddenly happened and they took a turn so we lost them so i'm gonna need money for like taking like getting rid of you know like 
taking care of the body. I need money, you know, we need a, we need funeral fees. So he was then getting money from the families of these people that he'd already killed. And so he took all the money that they paid for these people to be getting treatment and then got more and that they didn't receive and then got more money from the family for funeral expenses when he was just disposing of them. So horrible person. He was also, like, getting people to just, like, sign over, like, their power of attorney, like, all their mm. power to him. So then he was just able to control their bank accounts and all no. of that. Horrible. And his main cure, like, his main treatment cure for these people was drinking water from the spring. I, oh, my God. That's the magic cure that he had for cancer was no. the spring water. Ay, ay, ay. Well, in 1940, he was charged by the feds for mail fraud. <gasps> They didn't get him on murder of any kind because he was a doctor doing treatment that lost patients. Like, they couldn't get him for murder. But the fact that he was sending false letters Uh, through the mail, mail fraud. So he was arrested in 1940 and charged with mail fraud and sent to four years in prison at Leavenworth. And then he retired in Florida and lived out the rest of his life with all of his millions of money. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, screw him. Wow. Um, but he, so he obviously is the reason most likely that like this ground now has like some dark energies, right. I'm sure. <laughs> so this giant building, like mm-hmm. it's weird calling it a hotel because it's been a hotel. It's been a boarding school. It's been a college. <laughs> it's been a hotel again. It's been a hospital sanatorium of some kind. Uh, <laughs> um, murder house. Um, yeah. So this gigantic sliding. building sat empty for six years until four businessmen from Chicago purchased it for restoration. They got it running again. So they restored it. They got it running as a hotel. They got it to be not to the original grandeur that it was, but they got it operating and going again. Um, And then in 1967, a fire occurred destroying a lot of the South, like the fourth floor of the South wing. So then, and there was only one of the owner of those four men still alive when that happened. And the building just kind of ran, went dilapidated then. Oh, no. And then finally in 1997, Marty and Elise Ronig, Ronig purchased the property for $1.3 million. And they promised to bring it back to its original grand wow. glory, which is a project that took them over six years and $5 million. And Marty unfortunately passed away by car accident um, in 2009. But Elise is still the owner of the hotel, and it's still operating as a hotel. There's a big spa there in the baths or in the original baths and stuff. But it's not to say that like I mean it's the most haunted hotel. So like I wouldn't go there just for a spa retreat. <laughs> oh, so it's been featured on a few ghost shows. And things like that, obviously. You don't have a title like that and not have (laughs) all the ghost hunters coming after you. So a few of the things. So a builder supposedly died during construction. Uh, One of the masons died, and his ghost can be seen walking the halls, Mm -hmm. uh, mainly in, like, I think on the ground floor, in, like, the lobby he can be seen. At night, after 11 p.m., people have spotted a nurse pushing a gurney um, or they can hear like the old metal wheels of the gurney like rolling down the hall and they say that that's heard at night after 11 p.m. because that's when they would move the dead bodies to the morgue so if somebody died in their room during the day they just left them in the room until night and then that's when they moved them so the other patients wouldn't see the bodies so they say that you can see her her at night because she's moving the dead bodies uh. and a creepy thing is like they had to they had this antique switchboard for the phones uh-huh. like the original antique switchboard still and they had to like retire it because rooms and the front desk kept getting calls from the basement phone but there was nobody in the basement oh. but like the phone would the basement phone would call people no and this dr baker you know norman <laughs> doctor that wasn't a doctor um he can be seen in a few different rooms oh i don't want to see him (laughs) right the basement rec room is where he's seen the most and the basement is also where he did all of his crazy shit so that's where he did all of his crazy tests on people so i mean it makes sense that that's where he'd be seen um and i re like that just reminds me of like when i was in high school we toured the state 
mental hospital. Mm-hmm. And Wyoming's state mental hospital is one of the oldest in the country that's still operating, I believe. And it has like the, all those underground like catacomb tunnels uh. between the buildings so that people you did they didn't have to transport the patients between buildings outside they could do it underground to make it look a lot better than it was but those i remember we went down in the basement in what was a defunct like a broken like broken down bowling alley but that bowling alley before it was a bowling alley was the room where they would perform the lobotomies and so it's just like why do they repurpose the like there's there's bad juju with that like <laughs> saging it is not going to get rid of that energy like uh, this we're performing but lobotomies like do not <laughs> do not get it twisted uh, um yeah so that's that's the crescent hotel that's, like that's wow. it's a crazy old messed up history <laughs> hotel that people pay tons of money to go and oh, visit oh and stay God. at so every year like a, yeah like like a tourist legit attraction <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> they the first thing that the new owners got opening opened was like the bathhouse again so uh-huh. that because that's what most people are coming to eureka springs for so they got the like spa bathhouse going first and then they got the rest of the hotel refurbished but now the whole resort is going um all 70 rooms the 25 acres of grounds everything it's all open you can go stay there um i don't know if i would like if if i'm touristy probably like i'm not the biggest believer but i'm not a disbeliever like (laughs) it could happen (laughs) and maybe it's true maybe it's not i just don't want to test it and i don't want (laughs) i don't want to test that I don't want to see a nurse walking down the hall no, and like disappear. Zero decide to see him. And in one of the rooms, they say that like there's a pa- like the ghost of a patient, and she's very chatty and like <laughs> her name's like you. her name's like Theodora, <laughs> oh, and God. she will like she tells people that she has cancer, no. and then she disappears. Like no, no, thank you. I imagine enough stuff in my head <laughs> on a daily basis that I would probably just be like am i am i going crazy or am i seeing this like have i officially lost my mind or is this actually happening and i just don't want to be in that situation where i'm questioning my sanity that much that's how i feel swimming in the ocean it's like there's a potential that your soul is gonna be sucked yeah or a potential that bigfoot's just gonna pop up next to you i didn't realize this is bigfoot territory i know there's a lot of bigfoot peripheralia around it's everywhere i didn't realize apparently Bigfoot's around here. Hey. I didn't know. Um, I don't want to again. Don't, don't want to risk it. I don't want to go out. Maybe they're there. Maybe they're not. I just don't want to risk it. I don't. Anyway. Uh, anyway. So that's wow. the story of the hotel. I love it. Yeah, it's a crazy old hotel. Crazy past. Now we're on to the murder. What everyone's here for? Wow. We have had so much. Like, I mean, that's murder. I was gonna just end it with like go with that and be like, listen, he murdered a lot of people. That <laughs> counts as it. murder. But that's not really more. what we're talking you about, more. you know. You more. I want wow. things that make I'm... you not want to sleep. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna sleep tonight for sure, especially because it's ghosty. <laughs> this is making my mouth salivate it's so bad. It's weird. It's like now I'm um, thirstier than I was before I had a sip of that. <laughs> it's like sour candy. Sour, like sour candy. It really is. <laughs> it's like. Lady Gaga's drink right there. Lady Gaga's drink. Yeah, that's our song with Blackpink, right? I was just thinking Blackpink, not Gaga, that's all. Oh. Um, so, on to murder. I am excited, I'm excited. This is the 2018 murder <gasps> of Christopher Wayne Alvard in Eureka Springs. Oh. So, there's not a lot of information. This is going to be fairly short. It was a little confusing to like reading through a lot of it, but that's okay. Hey, it's recent, right? That's why it's me, that. not you. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm already hooked, you see? I'm hooked. <laughs> so, Christopher was born in Rogers, Arizona. I always want to say that. Rogers, Arkansas, <laughs> on August 23rd, 1980. Uh-huh. So, Virgo baby like myself. <laughs> So he was 37 years old when he was murdered. He was a foreman with Arco Excavation and Paving in Bentonville, Arkansas, and had three kids, uh, two sons, Dakota Lee Hall Alvard and Liam Christopher Alvard, and a daughter, Reagan Lynn Alvard. 
So according to the affidavits, on February 8th, uh, 2018, uh, Christopher Alvard's family wasn't able to get in contact with him at his house. Uh-huh. So his mom went out to his house on County Road 116, west of Eureka Springs, to see what was going on. When she arrived, she noticed the door was open. So as she was driving up, she noticed the door was open. And then as she was walking up, she could tell that like the door frame was broken, like the door had been kicked in. And then as she like went up the steps, she saw a ton of blood on the front porch. <gasps> so that's when she called 911. And that's when Carroll County Sheriff's Office was dispatched. They were they arrived on the scene and discovered Alvard's body inside. Oh, yeah. As well as the body of his dog. No. <gasps> yeah, I hate when people mess with the animals. So upon examination during the autopsy 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 which took place at the state lab in little rock uh it was revealed that he'd been struck in the head at least twice with a blunt object and had been stabbed mul- multiple times oh and the dog had also had multiple stab wounds mm-hmm. so the investigation was pretty active for a few years and exactly three years after the murder on february 8th 2021 the Carroll County Sheriff's Office announced that they'd taken three men into custody for the murder. So in February 2021, they arrested Jason Hartley Helm from Holiday Island, and which is in the area, and then Joshua Lloyd Anderson and Charles Kai Hanna, and th- those two are both from Ver- Berryville in the area. So all close by, but none of them from Eureka Springs. So... The suspect case files on these three were uns- they were unsealed on April nineteenth, twenty twenty one, and most of that this information comes from those case files, because we haven't gone to court and heard any testimonies. So Helm was actually arrested on February sixteenth, twenty eighteen, on a warrant for his uh, for a parole violation, and while he was in custody at the Car- Carroll County Jail, he made a phone call that was recorded. And in this, he was telling whoever it was that he believed the police were following him through Wi-Fi because he was he was using his phone, like using social media and Facebook on his phone. And he believed that the police were able to find him through the Wi-Fi on the phone, which wasn't how they found him. (laughs) But that's what he thought. And whoever it was, they didn't know who he was talking to, but he was obviously concerned and telling these whoever it was. Let's see. I lost my spot. And then online records show that Helm was also was actually a suspect early on. So he, at least by February 26th, 20, uh, 2018, so at least within the first couple weeks, he was an initial uh, suspect. And that's when, and we know this because Circuit Court Judge Scott Jackson had signed an order to require the D- a DNA sample be taken from Jason Helm and tested against the evidence taken from the crime scene. So he was linked to it at some point, like early on for oh, some yeah, reason yeah. already, but it took three years to get the charge. Charles Hanna told investigators that he'd picked Helm up behind the Eureka Springs School during the time of the killing. Um, he said Helm wasn't acting like himself. He said he was very talkative, which... I guess the guy's normally really quiet. Like, that was just a weird statement. He's like, he wasn't acting like himself. He was talking nonstop. Like, I don't know. Weird. Um, So he picked him up and took him uh, to Josh Anderson's house. So the third guy's house. And then other witnesses have said that Anderson and Helm were good friends. So, like, they didn't need the third person to be, like, introducing them. Like, they were all three friends already, like, or something along those lines. So then Josh Anderson's wife, Mary Anderson... She told investigators that she was at home at this time when they all three when they were all three hanging out and that Charles Hanna had a nasty wound that he claimed was a gunshot wound, but she said it looked like a serious dog bite. Oh. And I don't know how a dog bite and a gunshot wound can look similar, but he was claiming it was a gunshot and she was like it was a dog bite. <laughs> oh my god. So then Mary also said that her her and her husband had borrowed Hannah's vehicle um, and that there was a plastic bag full of bloody paper towels and a bloody shirt what? in this bag. And that she um, and the only reason she remembered this is because 
Mary had cancer and she was concerned that all this blood, there was a possibility that Charles Hannah had a staph infection. There was blood. She has cancer. Like she can't be around, you know, she can't risk it. So she was like, you need, I'm not riding in a car with all that, you know? So they, she made him take it out or something. And then she tried to help the investigators by looking for that plastic bag full of blood because it would obviously be evidence, but she couldn't find it. And she, she said that her child told her that they saw Charles Hanna burning a plastic bag full of stuff. So it was most likely the plastic bag with all of that. Yeah. Which sucks. So the dude obviously destroyed the evidence. But the arrest affidavit filed on January 28th, 2021, states that the three names continued coming up during the, or, uh, that these three names, the three men, names mm-hmm. for the men, they continued coming up during the three-year investigation. Like, every time they got a lead, it, like, led back to these three people. So, oh obviously, they were connected. And then it does, they didn't say which of the three but they tried to invest or in, like interview all three of the men, uh-huh. and they only got an interview with one of them. And he told the investigators that all three were in, like they were all three in on it together. He said that they had gone to Alvard's house to rough him up a little bit, but he fought back to the point where um, two of the men had to use deadly force with knives. Oh, so he fought back enough when they started beating him up for an unknown reason (laughs) he didn't say why they went to they just went over to beat him up a little bit he fought back and two guys started stabbing him and then that's probably when like the third one started smacking him on the head with whatever it was and then obviously the dog had attacked the one guy and that's when they stabbed the dog so josh anderson and jason helm were held at the uh, carroll county jail while Charles Hanna was held for the Carroll County um, in Boone County Jail. So, obviously, they were over over full. He had to go be held at the other jail, separate him out. But Helm is also being faced. So, Charles Helm, who is the one that was bitten, um, but he was also is he's also facing an unrelated charge of terroristic threatening for threatening to shoot a woman on December 20th, 2020 in Holiday Island. <gasps> so the dude obviously has a temper and issues. Oh but all three of them pled not guilty in their hearings and are awaiting court dates. So that's all we have. I mean, oh that's why I was just God. like, you know, it's not a lot of information. It's still an active case. Um they, I did find an article that was stating that they, you know, their uh, court dates had been assigned, but that was in 2021, and I think that it got postponed or something because there's no other information, and that article wasn't even opening. Like, every time I clicked it, it was, like, can't, page not found. So I don't think there's anything else like so far about it. I don't. They haven't gone to court. Um, I know that all three men are going to be going to court at different times, um, mm. but they are all being charged with first degree mans or first degree homicide. Um, and le- because be it, like in the time there's, I don't think during the autopsy, they were able to determine which th- factor killed them. So, uh. or Chris killed Christopher because two men were stabbing him and he got hit in the head. Was it the blunt force trauma right. or was it the stab That's wounds from one or the other right. that did it? Or was it all three? So they're all three being charged with first degree. Oh, wow. Which, good. They should be. Right, exactly. It's just crazy. It's a weird story because, like, they literally, I mean, probably because they're all pleading not guilty, we don't have a reason for them to go over to his house. Like, right. was it a drug deal? Like, something shady yeah and online or something oh and when you see their mug shots like uh, these dudes are shady looking uh, but not the guy that got murdered like the guy that got murdered looks like a completely normal upstanding citizen like he but the the three guys that attacked him not so much so i'm just curious if were they just there to rob him like right. rough him up and like steal some of his stuff or yeah, i i just shady. don't know shady, shady. but yeah, and those ones are the ones that I don't like the most because, you know, like, 
if there's a good motive, if there's a motive, I'm not scared. But if somebody just attacks somebody because, right, they're bored or something. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, so there was your twofer. You got wow. crazy doctor in a double, double. beautiful hotel, and I am not gonna sleep for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, thank you for those. Those were fun. I mean, it has, it was very like the vibe that we get, like very like shady shit is going on in this spooky town. Yeah, <laughs> like I, and that is what I get. Like, because like the, the nature walks and little hikes throughout is nice, but you're like by people's houses. It's kind of shady. This is like shady town. Yeah, it's interesting. So I don't know. What happens behind closed doors, man? Uh, honey. You never know what's going on in that hospital or hotel oh, or. Jeez, I'm kind of curious, but I kind of. And it it was sad because like it, you can tell that there's not a lot of like major crime, especially out where he lived, where his house is, because, um, like one of the newspaper articles was like an interview with the neighbor, and the neighbor was just like, "Wow, like it's so quiet out here. He was always a quiet neighbor, and I had no idea anything happened." So. The neighbor was like driving home from work and there was all the police cars and all that and they were like we didn't know what was going on and now we're like now the neighbors are scared because they're like we don't know why this happened or you know yeah they're like used to it just being a super quiet little country road and now there was a murder that that has to be some internet shit you know shady business shady business uh wow 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 Thank you, Nikki. This is You're so welcome. Good. This is so fun. I love the stories. I love the, except the drink. I didn't like that much, but hey, if you find it, check it out if you like pickles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I recommend it. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So, Leo, if people want to talk to us, where can they find us? Yes, they can find us at thervvoicewithanai.com or on Twitter and Instagram. And how about you, Nikki? You can find me at Nikki RV Boy with an I on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. And yeah, me, Reina Sati on, on, the, on the socials. On the, the socials. Traditional socials. Ugh, <laughs> oh, the Web2 socials. <laughs> All right. Yeah, right. Awesome. Thank well, you. See you next time. Stay safe. And. <laughs> no. That's it. You can't say that. <laughs>